Listener supported. WNYC Studios. What is good, Empire fans? I'm Joe Zan Cummings, and this is the Empire After Party from WNYC Studios. Where did you watch this episode? I went to this spot, a bar called 739 Franklin in Brooklyn, for their weekly Empire viewing party. And let me tell you right now, it was lit. Yeah, 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 stuff happened in episode 8. Boo Boo Kitty went from being Hakeem's stepmama to now potential baby mama. You had Cookie, and we discovered that her name is... Loretta! Was anybody as happy as I was when we discovered that Cookie's real name is Loretta? As a matter of fact, that's what I'm calling her from this point forward. Loretta. We will not be calling her Cookie, not on this show anymore. Your mama named you Loretta? We calling you Loretta. But this wasn't about Loretta. This wasn't about Boo Boo Kitty. This episode was all about the battle between Hakeem and Frida Getz. She has the bars. Hard bars. Hard. Hard. But she know the family. She know everything about it. Like, who? what he going to talk about? You look like Fantasia. That's it. Oh, I'm Team Hakeem all the way, man. You gotta be, gotta be, gotta be. Team Drippity Drop. The boy, Hakeem. Yep. I've been, I believed in him since day one. We knew Frida was nice, but we didn't see bars like, we all know your mommy was a hustler, but you not. You crazy if you think you're really touching her. What? The... Frida destroyed, destroyed our boy Hakeem, ate his lunch right in front of him. But unfortunately, good folks at Empire, they'd like you to believe different. Lucius, the king, lion, lion. I warned you once before that I'm just like it. From now on, I'm cutting ties, the empire's dying. Call me high king, bullet to the name. Lion. Whatever. Moral victories, I guess they're allowed in battle rap, and we're gonna let that go. For the most part, this season has been all about Hakeem. It's been about his music, it's been about his loves, it's been about his menage, whatever that group's name is. But remember Jamal? You know, from season one, the one that we saw getting stuffed in a trash can as a young boy, the one that we saw beefing with his pops because he was gay, the one that owned probably one of the most memorable scenes in television history when he decided to come out in the middle of a performance. just came out. There was this huge story arc with Jamal that allowed Empire to go from soap 
to serious television drama that dealt with serious issues. Taking on this topic of hip-hop's culture of treatment of gay people, the black family's treatment of gay people, that storyline is gone. And it's really unfortunate because we've never really seen a gay black man in a leading role on primetime television. I, in my lifetime, have never had that. My first introduction to gay characters was like an In Living Color skit. was like, hated it. And that right. made me cringe right. and made me be afraid of being gay. So where Jamal is just totally different. Michael Arsenault blogs about topics like politics, pop culture, and his own sexuality. He's also a fellow Howard alum. He writes Empire Recaps for VH1 and has a regular column called Pop That, which chronicles the intersection of pop culture and sex for Ebony Magazine. To see a gay black man be a central character on a the number one show in the country is still, you know, I don't always agree with Lee Daniels, but I'm going to always be grateful for that. Do you think that Jamal being gay is at all gimmicky? No, I don't think it's gimmicky. I think... Um, based on what the show is about and with, you know, Frank Ocean and Sid the Kid and the people that came before them and that rapper Leaf, I might be saying his name wrong, or even Azealia Banks, who is openly bisexual, even with Big Frito or Miles and Milano Love and Hip Hop, Hollywood, I think there's, you know, there's finally a bigger presence of black LGBT personalities. And so to see that in scripted form is very important and I think if it's a show chronicling hip-hop in the music industry, that is reflective of where we are now. I just don't think it necessarily gets it right all the time. But the fact that Jamal th- is there is still very much important. When Jamal comes out mm-hmm. in, publicly in season one, right? I thought that it was one of the most brilliant scenes and brilliant ways to handle it because we as a viewer knew that he was gay right everybody within in his inner circle knew that it was he was gay it was the public that did not know he was gay and how he came out shocked me right (laughs) i think it shocked a lot of people what did you think of that scene and what for you has been lee daniel's high point and his low point in terms of handling jamal being black I, and gay. That scene is the hot point. I wish I had that much fun coming out. Um, <laughs> I came out in varying stages. A lot of them involved like alcohol and like Beyonce or like fear with my mother. Um, so he had like a ball with it. I wish we could all be so lucky right. to come out that way. I think the low point for me is still very much Lee Daniels using the show to for further perpetuate this idea that black people have a monopoly on homophobia or that we are more innately homophobic than anybody else because I think that's just not true I think there's a uniqueness to our homophobia in terms of like hyper masculinity and I'm all about holding ourselves accountable but I don't like being held accountable in the context of what I feel like is a false pretense so that, that's a low point for me we we do not talk enough about that. Right. I don't think we talk about hi- en- en- enough about hypermasculinity in the black community with in in regards to being yeah. gay. And we are guilty of perpetuating that but we didn't create it. Do you think that there was going to be a moment because I definitely thought that there was yet yet again they're making a heavy-handed statement. I didn't care who got the keys to the castle. It's like all of a sudden Jamal wants to be the the guy. Yeah, but even then, now that I think about it, that is what bonded 
Lucius and Jamal because it it kind of just they just it, they just got so cool so quickly. But I think a lot of that had to do with Jamal taking on what is considered more of a masculine role and being more like Lucius. Did and you th- see that as an opportunity for him to kind of yet uh, yet again prove look? The, the gay black man is not necessarily going to be the gentle, loving black man. He I think, has a dark side. I think that was like them trying to make a point. Um, that probably is a little bit more internal, but I yeah, they were trying to make a point. And it was heavy-handed. It was. It I didn't mean, need he was to like, be that. He was doing the Suge Knight thing, hanging, yeah. hanging my man over the balcony. You wrote this piece for Ebony about the the mythical idea that there's an advantage to being gay. You you say, I wish I lived in this mythical world in which being a gay black male was a one-way ticket to immeasurable success. Here we have a storyline in which Jamal, all this season, has been struggling to find a hit. Mm-hmm. He, he can't go to the Staples Center. It kind of seems like he's pushing back against that notion, the same notion that you're pushing back against in this piece, that um, being gay and black does not put you on a rocket straight to stardom. Do you see it like that? There are these very tiny boxes of how you can be when you're black and gay, and particularly male. How do you think Jesse Smollett in real life handles his being, his character being this like groundbreaking character and his own, you know, his own biography. So this is the part where I ruined the fantasy of me ever marrying Jesse. Um, when Jesse went on Ellen earlier this year and people made a big deal about him coming out, I wrote a piece. I said he did not come he out. He did not come out, right? He used very rosy, own-like language to just kind of like give a nod. Like, I, like to Ellen, essentially, I know you know I'm gay, and you know, like, but he didn't actually say it. Do you think that He didn't need to, though, to be fair. Why do you think he doesn't need to? I don't think you owe anybody that part of yourself. I think it would be helpful, but I don't think necessarily that you owe anybody. I think Jesse kind of toes the line. He'll do a glad event. He'll speak out about certain things. He'll allow himself to be in that space. I don't necessarily think he's hiding, but he's not sharing anything. But part of me thinks you're not saying that. You're not saying the words, I am gay, for a reason. But it's your right not to say it. I don't think I would, I don't, I wouldn't force anybody to say I am gay, but I think it would be helpful. But I think Jesse, through his art, is being helpful enough. I think it would be helpful too. It would be something, but I, again, I don't think he owes anybody that. I think to ask somebody to publicly de- declare they're gay still is asking a lot of people because not everybody is meant to take up on that. I, for a while, struggled with whether or not I was going to identify as gay in my work. Because I knew people would immediately make me like, oh, you're the gay guy. So then I'll hit you up whenever something gay happens, particularly right. black and gay. Like, you're right. my gay. I, I feel like there is always a stigma with black actors and black performances. Right. Where they play black people mm-hmm. and they oftentimes don't get the credit that they deserve because people already people have it in their head already that that's who they are in real life. Yeah, like uh, Michael Ely basically only plays crazy people now. Right. I can only imagine, and women love him, I can only imagine what Jesse, if he actually said he was, I actually think Jesse would be okay. I'm not sure another black male actor who was gay would be okay. Okay. I wanted to get your assessment of Jamal overall between season one and season two. Um, 
where how how do you think they've handled him? What what is a grade that you would give him? Um, like a B. A B. I would give him like a B plus if he had better music. I don't really like his a lot of his songs. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's struggling to find a hit. They're there pushing. was one song I think on the the last episode that was okay, right? But I already forgot about right, it, so it's right. clearly no drip drop. But the music in general on the show is not really that good. There, yeah, that's that's a that's a whole other show. Just like he's making like fake Michael Jackson songs, but he fake Michael Jackson, fake Maxwell. It's like he's a one man R and B impersonation. This is very old of generated. me, but he should like go get Tony Thompson from H Town solo album and just remake stuff like that's that. That's not only very old of you. That's very. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> Very specific. Um, you might be the only person that can name the members of H Town. Uh, but I don't oh, know. Was that high five? That was high five. I'm sorry. High five. High five. There's a high five H Town fan out here that is screaming because somebody was gonna get me together yeah. for messing it up. So yeah. I agree. But I, I mean, yeah, he he just seems to be impersonating a bunch of different R and B singers. Yeah, musically they don't have it. As far as the character goes. Do you think that there's any truth to... Uh, well, do you buy into the idea that he's playing Frank Ocean? I would like to think Frank Ocean is a little bit more interesting than that. Frank Ocean has a lot going on. Well, no, you know, no, I take it back. Frank Ocean is a little bit more pretentious. So, no, I like yeah. Jamal. I'll go yeah. with Jamal. I yeah. don't think he's playing Frank Ocean. Well, the one thing they do have in common is they ain't put out an album yet. I know, so, but we got a uh, Tumblr post about Donald yeah, Trump. Yeah, that's that's all we need is for uh, Jamal to write a Tumblr post. And then the minute he writes the Tumblr post, we got our Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean is different that Frank Ocean doesn't really want to be as big a star as Jamal does. Frank Ocean wants a specific type of celebrity. Mm-hmm. Jamal wants to be like mass market. I agree. I agree with that. He's like maybe Miguel, if Miguel were like gay. So God ain't made you no better than me. When I pray, he still answers. Maybe you need to get on your knees. No weapon shall prosper. No weapon shall prosper. Well, here's hoping we get to see more of Jamal in the weeks ahead. Only if we don't have to put up with any more of that weird EDM R&B mashup music that he was making. What do you think about Jamal, Hakeem, Laretha? Our Twitter ears are always open. So please jump into our mentions at Empire Podcast or at Joe Zen C. That's our show this week. I'm out of here like Hakeem's last name. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 